Behind every bit of mom wisdom is a story. A story of a real mom and real kids just trying to love each other well. Whether you're cozied up on the couch with a mug of coffee or out for a walk, you're welcome to join us as we share stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the I'm On Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm On Podcast. Chloe, Susan, Megan, and Abby, we're all here joining you once again. I think a lot of women deal with this issue and in our personal lives, and when we become moms, it becomes something that um, it just grows, and we, we got to figure out how to deal with it, and that is people-pleasing and like how to still be a good and assertive mom if you are a people-pleaser and our resident people-pleaser, oh. Chloe is wow. going to share today's story. I don't like that I have that title. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think we put, could all probably compete for <laughs> yeah. it. So, um, No, so over Thanksgiving, um, so well, context. Trent, my husband, and I are both the youngest in the family. So I think within our family dynamics, we both can tend to be that people pleaser. We're just kind of like, okay, older siblings, tell me where to go. I have two older brothers. Trent has two older sisters. So with that dynamic, it's just like, I don't know, gender plays a role in it, I think. But over Thanksgiving, we were with my family. And um, my brother, my oldest brother, his wife is the oldest of three in her family. So they kind of just run the show. They they have always, and they were the first to have kids too. It has never bothered me because I haven't had kids. And I'm like, whatever, just tell me where to go and I'll be there. Um, so this was the first time over Thanksgiving. They made some plans that started at a time that I was like, James is not going to be fun at that time. Like, he is going to freak out. So my mom had mentioned it to me in passing. I was like, that time is not going to work. And my mom was like, okay, well, like, just tell them. And I was like, I don't think I can. And I'm, like, having anxiety. Like, like two days had gone by at this point. I had talked to Trent. I'm like, how are we going to tell them? Blah, blah, blah. We have to change the time. It's going to ruin everything. So I end up just, like, texting them. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. Like, James does not do well at this time. And you know what they said? They were like, oh, that's fine. We can adjust. We'll go earlier. Blah, blah, blah. So I made it this huge issue. It didn't need to be. They were more than happy to accommodate. Obviously, they understand. They have three kids. Mm -hmm. They know. So it's just kind of was one of those lessons of like, it's okay to prioritize what's best for your family because you never even know the other party could be extremely accommodating too. So made it this huge issue when it didn't need to be. Well, I think, like I said before, a lot of women are people pleasers. Are you guys people pleasers? I am. And I'm, and I'm not the firstborn or the lastborn. <laughs> yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's every, <laughs> every person. I, I'm a firstborn and I definitely am. See, I was really yeah. hoping one of us wouldn't be uh, because no. now, you know, we need the other side of it. Like, how do you do it if you're not? I don't know many women who aren't. The ones that I do know that that aren't are very strong and just and I admire their strength because they're not offensive. They no. just they're decisive. Yes, yeah, exactly. They are decisive. So, yeah. So what are your reasons like when you guys are in people pleasing mode? What is motivating that? For me, I've just always felt like, oh, I can flex. I can do it. Mm. Um, so I I often feel like their desire is stronger than mine. So it's not a big deal for me to flex. Mm. Mm. I'm always motivated by people liking me. I just don't want to – I don't want to appear to be, um, un, like, not easy to work with. Yeah. What about you, Megan? Yeah, I think I, I don't want them to not like me. And I hate disappointing people. So, and, and I have a very firm policy, I guess, with myself. 
of that if I commit to something, I'm going to be there no matter what, because I committed to it to that person and I don't like to go back on my commitment. So I I think to close point, I, I want people to like me, but I also don't want to disappoint them, especially if I've committed to something. I have a hard time. I think it shows up most in me and I, I'm trying to figure out my motivation by saying how it shows up most. I think it shows up most to me when people make a suggestion and even if I feel differently about it, I'll often be like, okay, that's a great idea. And sure, we can try that. I don't know if it's that I want to avoid conflict or I'm not confident enough that the idea I have or the way that I want to do it is the right way. Or I think I always see both sides of something. Mm -hmm. And so combining the avoiding conflict with seeing both sides, I'm like, well, maybe that is a good idea. So sure, we can do your your idea instead. Do you think it gets worse after you have kids because we have to please our kids? Like, mm, you know, ooh. their schedule comes yeah. before our schedule. Mm-hmm. They, they're they toddlers. They're little guys. They don't understand anyways. You have to kind of beat to their drum a little. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today is how if you are a people pleaser, and I think, Chloe, you know, I'm so glad you're willing to talk about this because you are right now in this place of stepping from being a people pleaser as a... Um, non-mom, yeah, <laughs> not having kids, <laughs> into being a people pleaser as a mom and how you actually stand up for what you want because you're also advocating for your child, Yeah, you know? So some of the other reasons, I mean, maybe if you're listening, you're like, I don't know why I'm a people pleaser. It's fear of rejection, feeling guilty, avoiding conflict. Like you said, feeling liked or valued. Mm-hmm. Some people will value the other person if they agree with them. You know, like it's it's not fair, it's not right, but it's real. That's an easy way to get people to like mm-hmm. you is to agree to everything they say. Yeah. But people pleasing, I was doing some research, it's also a response to stress. So, you know, most people in the psychology community acknowledge fight and flight, right? You fight or flight. But there's actually four, not two, responses to stress. There's mm-hmm. fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And fawn. fawn. So that's what people pleasing is. It's a fawn response. Fawn, uh, F E W N. Uh, it merges. <laughs> Chloe doesn't get it. I'm Look at her face. Of a deer. <laughs> well, that, that is. It oh. is. I actually first heard about this when I was writing an article about. Um, I was really frustrated because one of my sons, when I would yell at him, he would laugh. Oh, gosh. And it drove me nuts. It, it, I was like, this is, you were so being which so. Is that? It's fawning because it is there. It's an involuntary response. He wasn't being disrespectful, although I really thought he was. Um, but I did the research, and when a person involuntarily laughs when they're uncomfortable, it's because they are trying to create like a moment of happiness and everything's okay. Oh. And blah, blah, blah. like you get the cooperation and the approval and the the likes from the other person to help make the situation better. It's wow. all subconscious. Yeah. Or whatever. Wow. That's hmm. and in this case, you're trying to get the person, you're trying to be the people pleaser until you can get the space from them. So yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And then when you're apart you're like, oh, you know, why did I say yes to that? You're just saying yes so that you can actually step away, you know, like, especially if it's a, a conflict a, a position or a um, situation where you might be in conflict. Um, it's also really a female thing, kind of like how we were talking about at the beginning, but it's not exclusively female. One of my sons is a people pleaser. Um, one of them is not as as much. So how did you guys experience that growing up? Like, did you, do you think that as a female, you were encouraged to be a people pleaser where maybe Chloe, your brothers Mm -hmm. were not? 
I don't think for me it was like a conscious thing. I think it was kind of like what you were saying, Susan. It, it didn't bother me most of the time. I was like, whatever. Like, I never – I didn't feel growing up that, like, I didn't have a voice. I just didn't really need to use it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My – one thing that my mom always said to me, like – you know, like she, we'd be leaving each other for the start of the school day or whatever. And she'd always say, be a good girl. Oh, like that yeah. was like her line to me. And it's really sweet. And, you know, I, I I think I liked hearing it. But also like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, In society. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Be a good girl. Does that mean to agree? Does that mean um, do what will make people like you? Yeah. As opposed to stand up for what you really want? Rather than like I- be kind, you know, be inclusive. Yeah. I remember most of my teachers, like I just wanted my teachers to like me. I remember one time I got in trouble and it crushed me. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that's what I remember. I just remember I wanted to do the best job. I wanted them to be happy. Mm -hmm. What is, is that more overachiever or is that pleaser? I don't know. Oh yeah. I think it matters. It's your motivation. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's people pleasing. Yeah. You want them to be happy. Megan, do you feel like so you grew up with brothers too, sisters and brothers. Do you think that there was any kind of expectation or um, pressure on you and the girls to be a people pleaser that wasn't on your brothers? It's hard to say just because uh, the three girls were the oldest and then eldest uh, and then the two boys were younger. So my oldest brother was five years younger than me. And so there was a pretty big age gap. Now, I will say that the rules really changed as it went down the line of kids. It got much more lax with my brothers. They definitely did things that I was like, wow, I would have mm-hmm. been grounded for the rest of my life. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I was the oldest and I was a big pleaser and I didn't like to get in trouble. So I think my sister was less so than me. She was less afraid of getting in trouble, I think. Um, Now we're getting into firstborn, second born. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I do think the, the, I do, this is what I've seen with my kids age. So my oldest is four and a half. And I do feel like, especially at school, there is an expectation for both genders to behave a certain way. Um, and I mean, this is getting into a whole nother topic of like genders at school, but I feel like I have seen it play out, especially at such a young age because they're just built differently. I mean, the girls and the boys are just built differently. I will say, I do notice, like even with Mark and I parenting, I would feel guilty for missing something or not doing something, whether it was like, you know, attending a school function, like she said, I'd, oh no, we have to go. And he's like, why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We don't have to go. Mm And that is a gender thing, or, or maybe that's just me being a pleaser and feeling like I have to do everything teachers mm-hmm. say or everything my kids need. And Mark is more cut and dry, kind of like I've noticed that mm-hmm. the, the men in my life are better at boundaries, right? Yes. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. that weighs into pleasing mm-hmm. because pleasers, I feel like, do get taken advantage. Well, they see it more black and white. Yeah. I can't do it. I did blank last week, and so I now I have to give this energy to that where moms it's all everything there's not as black and white it's gray is that what is that is that it's not generational it's something we've struggled with as women from right and they we feel guilty they don't so what 
Why? I don't know. <laughs> that's a great question. Why? That's, why? that's Barbie movie, the sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barbie's Gre- back. Greta Gerwig, tell us why. <laughs> oh, gosh. So now talking about, you know, as you become a mom, now you have to advocate for your child. You have to put your foot down sometimes. You have to make, have uncomfortable conversations because maybe they can't. How do you think that motherhood can help a people people pleaser say no more confidently? Well, I will say I have been having to have a lot of those conversations. And the assurance I get is that with every conversation I have, the world doesn't end. My relationships don't end. And there might be some discomfort, but it's okay. Kind of like the end of my story I shared at the top of the episode, like everything was okay. Mm -hmm. And Chloe, it weighs into even what we were talking about the other day about like sleep regression, you know, (laughs) and how much you let your child cry versus, you know, you try to please them and and sue them. It is hard to know in the the age of the child, what are they going through? And it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when one of my friends, the first first one that had a, a baby, he was like six months old and I had ice cream and I like put the spoon up to him and I was kind of joking, but I was also not joking. And she was like, what do you think you're doing? He'd only had breast milk up until that point, you know? And I was like, oh, I thought he'd have a little ice cream. She didn't hesitate to like nearly whack my hand away because she was putting her foot down. This was worth it. She knew her son could not speak for himself, literally. Um, and I just, I think it's a reflection of like, we know our child's worth and we are willing to speak up to defend that and set boundaries to protect them. But if you're a people pleaser, you should ask yourself why you don't feel that same way about yourself. You know, like Mm. I know my worth. I know that I am worth putting up boundaries. But for some reason, all the other stuff that we mentioned before about like wanting people to like you and all that stuff, you know? Oh, that's good, Abby. Yeah, I don't have the answer for that. Is it in our DNA? Because God knows we're going to have to flex more. Being a mom, you just do. Mm-hmm. You just do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe it's that nurturing in us that's so strong that we're willing to do it for our children to protect them. But when it comes to us, we're used to giving up what we need, want to accommodate others. Yeah. I had a very difficult relationship early on in my kids' lives, and I really struggled to say no to this particular person. And so like... For somebody who's listening and like maybe it's their mother-in-law who wants to like, here's this outfit, put him in this outfit or here's this food. It's fine if he eats this or, you know, your child goes to a school and she's like, you really should put him in this school. Like, what do we say to the person listening who's like, I really have a hard time saying no to this person? Like, how do you know what's worth putting your foot down on and what you should go along with? Because for me, I could rationalize and be like, this isn't a big deal. I'll just listen to what she says and I'll just do it. You know, like I I found a way to talk myself out of conflict every time. And it like practically gave me an ulcer because I was so unhappy and felt so much pressure to do what she told me to do with my kids. You know, like how do you know what's worth fighting for? Yeah, I do. I can kind of relate to what you said because I'm thinking of another person. I'm, I was I was in that situation and it took an outside person to say to me, well, she's be- the reason you don't feel good about always conceding or pleasing or ending up doing what this person wants is because they're being passive aggressive <laughs> and you cannot see it. I could, uh, I could 100% I confirm that. I couldn't see it. So <laughs> once they opened my eyes to that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly it. I 
I want to say no. I know I should say no, but the way they approach me oh. is kind of forcing me into something. And once I once I saw that, it really helped. Mm-hmm. So I do think sometimes having someone you can talk to and say, okay, I'm I'm not gossiping or not anything. I'm in it. I cannot figure this out for myself. So yeah. sometimes it is the relationship mm-hmm. and the way the person is doing it with you. But I think if you have that feeling like and you walk away and say, I don't feel good that I answered that, that that is a red flag to analyze the situation. Mm-hmm. Why? Because otherwise, if we're pleasing somebody, it is it can be a really special thing too. Yeah. yeah. It's like I need to please this person. They're in a tough situation or whatever. Yeah. Or it is your your mother-in-law and she's only in town for this weekend and she right. wants to feed him blank and wants to take your kids to to do this and you don't want to, but Okay. You, Give them you joy. Let it slide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give them joy. Yeah. So let's talk about when people pleasing spills over into your relationship with your kids. Susan, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but like when, and this is probably with older kids, especially when their approval becomes more important than doing what you believe is right. Like, how do you know when you're at that point? You feel bad. Again, if you feel bad doing it, mm-hmm. then there's there's it probably begs analyzing. It kind of reminds me of like the the people that are like, I'm my kid's best friend. Right. Right. And then there's the the boundaries are really wavy. I don't think I was like that, do you? No. And I don't I I actually feel like I don't feel like a, mo- a lot of moms are like that. I feel like a lot of dads are like that, especially if they're absent dads, because they feel bad that they're not around their kids a lot so that when they are around their kids a lot they don't uphold any of the rules or boundaries or kind of let them do um whatever or at least that's just what I've obs- observed and then the moms get frustrated because they're like what are you doing why are you like you know backtracking on everything that we've worked on I think that I'm guilty of it like if I say okay well if you do this this is going to happen and then I don't follow through it's I think sometimes I do that just because I don't I'm like, oh, they learned their lesson and I don't want them to be upset or whatever. You know, it's like little things at at the age that my kids are, this like elementary Mm. age or so. But so what ideas do we have to um, help people pleasers change the habit? Do you guys have any thoughts on how people pleasers can recover from people pleasing? We're asking a group of people pleasers. (laughs) I know. I know. That was a joke. (laughs) But I I do like what you said, Abby, that you were so stressed out. What did you say? You were so, it it was like, give probably gave me an ulcer. Yeah. Yeah. About if, if you're feeling that way, something's wrong. Like Mm -hmm. you got to analyze. I think maybe we let it go too long instead of, um, I'm thinking of a girl in the office, Haley, she would have nipped it in the bud right away. You know, she would have taken care of it. And that's, a person who's not a pleaser. That's a person who's knows what they know and they don't second guess. And I would say that's another thing I do is I second guess. Well, maybe I was too. Maybe I was. I blame it more on myself. I like what you said too, Susan, about it being so instinctual for us as women to take care of our kids. But like, I don't know, it, this isn't going to solve it immediately, but reminding yourself that like you are worth being taken care of too. Mm-hmm. And you have to take care of yourself because I mean, at the end of the day, like, if you don't stand up for yourself, no one's going to stand up for you. You have to take care of yourself. So reminding yourself, I mean, it's like I said, it's not going to solve it overnight, but reminding yourself you're worthy of Mm -hmm. setting boundaries and protecting just like we protect our kids. Sometimes if I imagine that I'm giving advice to a friend, it's easier for me to, you know, I would never let my (laughs) friend do this. You know, are you crazy? That's good. I I have to hear my husband's voice because he would say, do you have to do it? Do you really have to do this? Yeah. Um, he he has those hard questions that make me think, no, I don't have to do that. And you're right. No, I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't take that from that person. And 
it's just more black and white to him. Yeah. Yes. I think, and I think that the other, the other issue is that it depends on who you're dealing with too. Like if you're dealing with a healthy person, then your response should be taken well. Kind of what you said, Chloe, about your, your siblings being like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. But like one thing you can do is, and that I did with this person in my life was I said, I have to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable right now. I don't want to say no. I don't want to put my foot down about this, but we have to have this conversation. Like I had to like actually say that to acknowledge how uncomfortable I was. And fortunately she was like, oh, I don't want you to feel that way. It didn't change anything going mm-hmm. forward, but at least in that specific incident, I did end up, you know, quote, getting my way for lack of better, better term. So I think if you are very like straightforward and say, I don't want to have to say no to this, it makes me sad and whatever, but I'm going to, you know, if they're healthy, then they should accept that. You can always say maybe another time. Mm, yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I've started with my, my mom can be passive aggressive and I've started saying with her, mom, you're being passive aggressive. Just tell me what you want. Oh, yeah. Just say it. Don't yeah. tiptoe around it. Just say it. So yeah. that's, that's another, another trick for you. All right. We would love, if you are not a people pleaser, <laughs> please find this post on Instagram and tell us what you do to put your foot down to be you, to please yourself. You can find links to the article about um, people pleasing and the one I was talking about with my son doing the fawning, laughing when he got yelled at. That one was really eye-opening for me. You can find that in the show notes. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal.